1: Wow, I could really use Current.
3: I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at Current.Tech.
2: Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
3: This is a podcast from Minute Media. Derek Jeter! This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with
1: Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a beautiful Thursday edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. I'm Adam Weinberger, alongside Thomas Carinante. Brian Ken had some devastating stuff to say about the Houston Astros um, and their incredible cheating ways. Which we just—we have to get to the bottom, folks, because if we don't—we may never understand why the Yankees have only won one pennant since 2003. It's all Houston Astros related, and we're simply have to go, and you know, we're going to have to get to the bottom of this. So thank God for Brian Cashman. We're also <laughs> going to talk about a role in comment this week, which also leaked Wednesday night, which also were weird, and we also have to discuss because somebody else who's not taking the blame for something they need to be taking the blame for. Plus the misguided we said, before, you know, the Yankees opening day rotation, and where we're going to need to go – for the final men on the roster, two people have distinguished themselves. For those last roster spots, we're going to be breaking down exactly how we shove them in there and who they're ripping off. Folks, make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Drop us a 5 star review along the mailbag question. We'll be beyond happy to answer that. I've been saying more, more than happy forever. It's beyond happy. We're over the moon happy. Uh, and you can also find us live, live on YouTube and Twitter, 2 o'clock Eastern Mondays and thursdays until the regular season begins. when we may adjust those usage patterns you might see us popping up live during a game before after big loss we might show up you might not be able to get those on the feed so, so if you're a big supporter of the podcast you're like better be getting all your content well, then you, you, you better be to youtube or twitter spaces or wherever we are because you, you might not be able to catch up on this guy i'm just warning you um Nantes, welcome to the podcast as always um where were you today when you woke up were were you thinking about the 2017 Houston Astros or did freshman do
0: that to you? Oh, no, they live rent-free in my head. I can't stop thinking about them and how they've ruined my life. Um, no, I could give a shit less about the Astros. Um, it is what it is. It's happened at this point, And MLB decided what it's going to do. I um, I I have, I, I don't like them. I'm sure we can all agree we don't like them. Um, we don't want to see them succeed any longer. Um, but their previous transgressions have nothing to do with the overall scope of the Yankees' uh, success over the last two decades, I'd say. One World Series in, in two-plus decades, um, which for a franchise of this caliber is unacceptable, as unfair as that sounds. Um, but when you have the resources that you do, and you have the worldwide fan base that you do, and you have um, every – Advertising partnership possible at your disposal. Um, that just comes with the territory. So, Brian Cashman deciding to bring this up today is is fairly interesting. Other and and it just it further goes to show that I don't know when this interview was from. I don't know if they specified it. It was with the Athletic. Um, it further go if it was today or if it was this week. Um, we can fact check that in a second it just further goes to show that everybody top to bottom in this organization just simply doesn't know when to say what and how to say it. Um, we're looking at a fresh 2022 season right now. Um, our expect are uh, is morale the highest it can be. No, uh, the off season kind of um, took a little bit of that shine off cashman again, coming in earlier this week on MLB network radio saying that the reason that they did the, the blockbuster twins trade that brought in Josh Donaldson and Isaiah Kiner falefa and sent Gio Rochella and Gary Sanchez to the Twins was because of financial restraints and financial restrictions, and he had to get creative and work around those parameters. Um, so a lot of the prophecies that we had been, and even other fans, a lot of it, this is a big talk on Twitter. It's a big talk almost everywhere, beat writers as well, um, kind of uh, t- talking about the Yankees' hesitancy to, to go over The the, that payroll. I know it's the highest payroll in franchise history, but when you're uh, almost two billion uh, dollars worth more than the next highest franchise, which is the Dodgers, you should have a little bit more of uh, of an inclination to spend more money. Because, like, look, we look at last year and we look at the year before. If they spend twenty five more million dollars, like just for those seasons combined, to get a couple of guys in or maybe just one giant impact guy, it makes all the difference. So. I'm just hoping that we don't look back at this season and are like, wow, if we just went closer to the Dodgers or Mets threshold, then we probably have a World Series. Um, But nonetheless, that's not that's not what we're talking about, Um, even though, guys, thanks for clicking that article. Uh, It did very well. And and I'm sure a lot of you were not happy upon hearing that. Um, But yes, today the Athletic drops an article. Um, you have the full quote in front of you. Cause I don't even, I didn't even read this. Yes. Today I was too y- yes, mad. I do. So
1: and, and sometimes, sometimes I'm mad that I'm mad at Brian Cashman, right? Cause sometimes I do fall yeah. into the trap and I'm like, he does steal people every year, right? He stole clay Holmes. He, he does know how to make these under the radar acquisitions. That cash oh. God stuff is not a lie. You know, people aren't kidding around when they're like, he really does make ninja moves. Yes, he does. And so when you make fun of him for sleeping on the street for charity, You're showing your true, you're like, oh, why is Cashman sleeping? It's December 12th. Like, as if you're really that stupid that you really think he's just not making moves whatsoever. Uh, No, he's got things in the hopper, right? But the legitimate criticism of Cashman is that with all these resources, it is fairly inexcusable. Yes, the ping pong ball bounces different ways. Yes, sometimes you don't get what you want. Sometimes you pull off the perfect trade, but it's not actually a heist. James Paxton, though, is not an example of that to me. Sonny Gray is the example of that. They didn't give up much for Sonny Gray. He was supposed to be the difference maker in 2017. He's available. He's gonna be on the roster for 2018 too. He comes in 17, just not very good. 18 so much worse the Yankees didn't surrender that much of value except for James Caprillion this year is coming off a huge 2021 season um, but that's a trade you make and that's a, a master by Cashman he, he read the moment he read the room he did what he had to do didn't work the Paxton thing James Paxton's your savior he's the guy you go all in for to get over the hump he, he never pitches the guy's never crossed 150 innings in his life spoiler alert he got hurt twice in a row for the New York Yankees congrats to Brian Cashman goes all in at the rebuild deadline and gets Clint Frazier and Justice Sheffield and Glaber Torres and only one of those people is still on the team and maybe doesn't have a future here, Resigns and extends Aroldis Chapman after he gets the most usefulness out of him, gives Zach Britton another deal, keeps giving away closer money, signs Adam out vino and then suddenly can't afford it. There are a million things that you can actually get on Cashman's case for. Bottom line... 2017, they got lucky, really good team, lost to the Houston Astros in the ALCS, a- a- U- a- L- Astros were cheating, right, 100%, we know they were cheating, and absolutely, the Yankees could have beaten them, cheating might have made a difference, also, the Yankees played a seven-game series, four games on the road, and scored three fucking runs in those four games, so you, you want to talk, I mean, I, the cheating, uh, you know, the trash cans didn't really have anything to do with your ability to get hits either. Hits with runs and scoring position. You lose the first game. I believe you lost the first game 3-2 and the second game 2-1. Uh, no, they did score runs in game, maybe the first one was a shutout. I mean, either way, I know they lost game 2-2-1 because Aroldis Shaman got walked off by Correa and Altuve. And we'll talk, we'll get to Aroldis Shaman later. And the various yeah. roles that people played in the Yankees not winning World Series during this era. Uh, That's why that one's so fresh in my mind. We'll talk about that. But 2-1, 2-1. 2-1, 2-1, right? Uh, the Astros didn't exactly knock the cover off the ball either. If they were cheating, Seven it was 7-1, 4-0. Yeah, most minute advantage ever in games one and two. The Yankee pitching definitely held up. The issue was not that the Astros' bats were bludgeoning the Yankees in that series. And you know who actually has a gripe? The 2017 Boston Red Sox, who got absolutely ambushed by the Astros in games one and two at home, went home and basically did what the Yankees did, held serve, you know, whipped them in game three, had a chance to put them away in game four. The Astros had a late comeback. But again, that should have been like a 2-2 series going back to Houston or, you know, you never know. The Astros pounded the Red Sox, destroyed Chris Sale, clearly, uh, and we know what we know about that team that season. So anyway, Brian Cashman still hung up on this one lost World Series in a year in which the Yankees were lucky to be where they were, did not really lose that series because the Astros' bats going off at home, and would only have made the World Series if they passed the Astros. They still got the Dodgers ahead of them who were a better team than the Yankees. And I specifically remember, in 2017, flipping the switch after the Yankees lost the ALCS and immediately tuning into that World Series and going, the Yankees are not on this level. Like, Watching the ALCS that year and being like, "Oh my god, they're up 3-2 all of a sudden." Like, I fake wrote them off when they were down 2-0. Then they even the series. Then they won game 5 in a breeze behind Tanaka. Like, are we actually going to the World Series? Like, I bought it a little bit. I got a little poisoned. Game 6 and 7 happen. Yankees look terrible on the road. They never hit. They don't have a Game 7 starter lined up. It's CC Sabathia. And they lose, right? They lose. It's very upsetting. You go to the World Series, the level of competition is immediately leveled up. The Dodgers are cranking the baseball. The Astros are doing what they're doing. Look, we don't know how much of this is legitimate or not. But every time one of those two teams punched, there was a counterpunch. The 2017 Yankees were not on that level. If they were going to have beaten the Dodgers in the World Series, it would have taken... A couple lucky breaks, an injury, somebody tripping and falling, an infamous umpire moment. The Yankees were not straight up beating the Dodgers. And that's the only year that they've been close. ALDS loss, ALCS loss, ALDS loss, wild card game loss. And prior to that, out of the playoffs, wild card game loss, out of the playoffs, out of the playoffs, ALCS loss, ALDS loss, ALCS loss. And then you take it back to 2009, right? So lot of years there where the Yankees did not win a ring. Brian Cashman, though, wants you to put an asterisk next to this title drought. 09 to present, he says that's not fair because we could have maybe sort of made the World Series, made, not won, in 2017 if not for the Astros cheating. What he actually said is the only thing that stopped us was something that was so illegal and horrific. So I get offended when I start hearing we haven't been to the World Series since 09 because I'm like... Well, I think we actually did it the right way. Pulled it down, brought it back up, drafted well, traded well, developed well, signed well. The only thing that derailed us was a cheating circumstance that threw us off. Now, first, that first sentence is scripted by Donald Trump. The only thing that stopped us was something so illegal and horrific, so unbelievably horrific. You ask anyone, you ask the big, strong baseball players, with tears in their eyes. They're saying, what What happened to you was so illegal? They're hugging me, and they're saying, what a horrific, what a horrific year for this country. Like, that's not... The GM of this team that's a supposed genius should not be pulling right from the Trump playbook. But second... Okay, you, you want to put an asterisk on it. Uh, you got to put an at. Like, what do you, what's your excuse for the other many years in there where you supposedly had a championship-caliber roster and couldn't go over the hump? And third... We keep hearing about this Yankee letter that needs to get unsealed, that the judge is saying he's unsealing something about the Yankees' participation in a cheating scandal. Everything we've heard says it's not on the level of the Astros. It would be shocking if it was, but there's something in that letter. So you really want to go on record and say that the Astro, five years later, say the Astros stole a World Series birth from you, put an asterisk on your entire tenure as GM, when you know that this letter is still on the horizon and could get unsealed, and tomorrow we could all know that you had the same scheme in place. We probably won't, but we might. So this is... Uh, bone from Cashman for a number of reasons. And the, the Trump sentence isn't even first and foremost there. No, just
0: bringing it up once again and, and using it as some sort of an excuse. Um, look, it happened. It expired. There's no reason. There's there's no excuse to – how then how do you explain 2018, 2019, 2021? Those were three years with an even better roster than 2017 – um yes problems happened there were injuries there were um regressions um but you had gotten better for the last 2 years you had the ace that you didn't have for almost over a decade um you added a one of the best contact hitters in the league over the last 3 years and DJ LeMayhu um Gleyber Torres came into his own in uh 2018 and 2019 um so I, I don't know and the competition for the Astros actually, they got weaker since since that that time. They had some guys coming in and out of the doors. They had roster turnover, not as extreme. This uh, these last two years are obviously the most extreme, um, with George Springer being gone, Justin Verlander being injured, and Carlos Correa now being gone. Um, you you let the Red Sox do what the Red Sox did in in 2018, and that that's unforgivable unforgivable to a lot of people, and I understand that. Um, that was a little bit, you know, I, I yeah, it's a little bit fluky for the Red Sox to do that. I'll, st- I'll still stand on that. A 108-win season, coast-to-coast, coast, no stress the entire time. Alex Cora coming over from Houston, um, video room nonsense. Yeah, whatever. But um, yeah. the Yankees are still responsible for their output. You lose to your division rival, get punked by them again in the playoffs and again in the playoffs. Then you lose to the Astros again in 2019 um, oh. with, let's move on. Because fuck this. How about this? How about this? We're moving on to the guy, to the guy who has been responsible for three Yankees postseason departures dating back to uh, 2017. That game two that we were just talking about in Houston, Yankees lost two to one. Why did they lose two to one? Because of her Chapman. Why did they lose in 2019? I think you remember the Jose Altuve Homer in game six. And I think you remember all Chapman smiling on the mound after that. Um, yeah, smiling maybe in disbelief because you just can't you can't fucking write that you, you can't even script it. It happened, unbelievable. Look at that, and then you move on to 2020. You got you got a tie game against the Rays in the eighth inning. I know it was another extenuating circumstance. Should check their be their best hitters
1: innings? up though. I mean, their absolute most dominant hitter is up. All a world is Chapman has to do is retire the the MVP. The oh sorry, wait, who who did give up a homer to? Do
0: you remember? Oh,
1: Mike Brasso, Triple-A man now. I
0: don't even think he's on the team anymore.
1: Traded. No, I think he's on the Milwaukee Brewers. I saw his name recently. Best of luck to Mike Brasso, who... Uh, it took a fastball up and in from Chapman during that season in the empty stadium. It prompted Kevin Cash to do the whole stable of guys thing. And then, Oh, what would you look at that? He got the last laugh and he ended our season again. Um, Just like Brian Cashman ended our 2018 season by saying we do damage against the Red Sox, which we definitively don't do. And then the Red Sox started doing damage against us and wearing shirts that said that I would love someone else to make an inflammatory comment at some point, but that's not up to me. That's not my jurisdiction. <laughs>
0: Uh, but then so look, I'm not I'm not gonna make an excuse for Chapman here, but whenever stuff comes through a translator, you know that it could be not the tone that he meant, or it could have been maybe he meant something else.
1: Off the That's record, just chatting,
0: just chatting, just uh, chatting okay, with us. Yeah. Who knows? Um, but um the quote was that he thought um it would be easier. He thought being with the Yankees would make it easier to win a world series. Mm-hmm. Um, and that again, nobody in the organization, just their, the self-awareness that they, they, they bring in, they hire people. They, they, the interns are probably lacking self-awareness, everybody down to the janitors and the hot dog vendors. Does anybody here have a sense of what you're saying, who you're saying it to and when you're saying it? I, I really don't think so. I don't know why, once again heading into a clean slate 2022 where you 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 have a better roster i think it's objective you have a better roster it's not as good as it could be you're trying to get rid of the stink from 2020 and 2021 you're Mm -hmm. trying to forget about the houston astros who shit like this makes houston fans think oh we're living rent free in the yankees heads we got them we got a mattress max got them dude (laughs) million dollar bet left and right we're doing it um I don't know why these two comments would come out to, we're a week from opening day. It is one week until opening day and we face the Boston Red Sox. And this is the discourse. There's obviously other cool things to talk about, which we're going to get to in a few minutes, but I don't know how you cloud the media with stuff like this, knowing who you are. You are the New York Yankees. You are the most heavily, you're the most heavily followed. One of the most heavily followed sports teams in the world. Definitely the most heavily heavily followed in major league baseball. Um, and this is the type of energy, bad vibes, uh, uh, wrongful attention grabbing stuff that we're putting out there. And I, I, I couldn't understand it for the life of me.
1: You left out 2021, too, when the Yankees were one game, one win away from hosting the wild card game. Yes. And Aroldis Chapman blew conservatively nine wins last summer. Like it, the yep. worst, the worst May and June you'll ever see. If just one of these meltdowns doesn't happen, many of which fell on his shoulders, the Yankees are hosting that game. I'm not, I'm not gonna say John uh, Carlos Stanton would have had three homers. Didn't you see the wall at Fenway? Yeah, I think the game would have played a little differently. That's not how baseball works. You can't just be like, yeah. And it, hey, if they played it in a silo, the Yankees would have won 180 to 144. Like. You can't just be the stupidest person alive. Yeah, if they played it at a Little League field, it would have been a different game, too. Everybody would have homered. Like, you can't be that guy. But yeah. difference between a home game and a road game, folks, very significant. And uh, uh, Chapman somehow did not blow a single game to the Red Sox last year, which is stunning. I, I'm, I'm trying to go through the decks. I don't think he did. I mean, Loisega lost that one on the road. That there was obviously the one where Brooks krisky threw a bunch of wild pitches. Um, Chad Green they blew that four nothing lead. But if they had held on to one of those Red Sox games, the Red Sox would have been out of the playoffs, right? Because they're one game ahead of the Blue Jays, and the Blue Jays would have had the tiebreaker. So so much hangs on on the at the edge of a knife here. Um, but twenty twenty one isn't even the year to think about. It's just it's the most indirectly he's ruined our chances of winning a World Series. Twenty twenty yes. he ended a series. 2019, he ended a series. 2017, 6.75 ERA in the ALCS and, and let the Astros walk him off. Didn't end a series, but it's a seven-gamer. We got three. We entered the ninth inning tied of another one. And our closer said, no, nope, I'm going to go home. 2016 gave up a game-tying home run in Game 7 of the World Series to Rajai Davis. And the only reason the Cubs won the World Series is because of a miracle rain delay. So he's almost single-handedly responsible for his team losing the chance at a World Series in 16, 19, 20, and pretty close in 17 and also kind of in 21. So is our oldest Chapman a great closer? Yes. Are Yankee fans biased because we had Mariano Rivera for so long we think he's bad? Yes, absolutely. Some of that leaks in but when you have a 2.40 career postseason ERA but the the blown ones are so glaring that they end series then it is sort of fair to start going Is this guy messed up? Is this guy broken? Do we we ever trust this guy ever in in a big scenario? And to have the gall to say, I thought it would be easier to win a World Series with the Yankees. Yeah, I thought it'd be easier too. Because I thought we had a Hall of Fame closer at the back end of the bullpen who could clean up everybody else's mistakes. But apparently, we just have a pants pooper at the back of the bullpen creating mistakes for everybody else. And again, ending two runs single-handedly. 2019 and 2020, the Yankees are moving on. To extra innings in deciding game five and game six on the road in the ALCS, if not for oldest Chapman. That's just a fact. At least he didn't blow leads in those games. That was Adam Ottavino in, in that in that road game, in the game two of the 2019 ALCS, that absolute hanger that he gave up to George Springer. Um, but still, a lot of the Yankees' failure falls on Chapman over the past several years. So to read this from him, hopefully it's mistranslated, because if not, hopefully he meant I thought. I would be better. (laughs) I thought it'd be easier for me to win a World Series with the Yankees because I just thought I would do better. But then I actually didn't. I did bad. Yeah. Okay, man.
3: Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com.
1: Let's talk about another Yankee who's fallen short in recent years and who's getting an opportunity to prove himself again this spring and so far so not good Um, for different reasons than you might expect, although the results also not there. Luis Severino has been penciled into the opening day rotation. Uh, that rotation as of now, you know, despite his general soreness, he's still in there. He threw a bullpen session on Wednesday, showed up late to the bullpen session, had everybody fear in the worst because, remember, he showed up late because it was his birthday, but actually he needed Tommy John surgery. Now he shows up late to the bullpen session, and the explanation is nothing. We have no idea what happened. Got it. Very cool. Um, but that opening rotation is Cole Severino. Uh Jamison Tyone is in there and Jordan Montgomery in the three spot, then the five spot, presumably Nestor Cortez Jr., but because of the way the dates go, they might just give Cole an extra start before they have to use that. Either way, Severino's in the opening the the first initial rotation. He's he's still in it. That came out after the general soreness and all that stuff. And that's great. He is A struggling. I mean, it's been a long layoff, we understand, but the numbers are not there so far. There was a lot of zip on the fastball in his first outing, less so in the second one, and he's hanging the breaking stuff. More importantly, his first start of spring training was like typical first start of spring training stuff, was like 25 pitches. I think he got to like 35-ish in his second. Either way, he's throwing a 40-pitch bullpen. He, he's, he's, he threw a 35-ish pitch bullpen yesterday. He's trying to get to 40, 45 in Saturday's appearance. Well, opening day is next week, and he hasn't pitched in years. So we're getting him to what, 45 max, 50 max? His first start's going to be 55, 60 pitches. I mean, that's not a start. So you're going to have to carry somebody like Luis Heel or Nestor Cortez Jr. to pick up the slack and come in for him in the fourth inning, and that's by design. Uh, so the latest instance of the Yankees showing too much faith in Severino is just giving him a rotation spot when he's barely built up.
0: Yeah, I mean, you went even harder than I was going to go. I was just saying that I, for for my opinion on this, I think it's it's irresponsible for that. He's the second starter. He's that that's where he's listed. I don't know, I, you show me starters in order for the opening series, I think you're you're telling me what kind of your rotation layout for the rest of the year will be. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're placing number two starter expectations on Luis Severino, um, they simply have it all wrong. Um, the man's thrown 18 regular season innings over the last three seasons. Um, last year he was exclusively used as a, as a reliever, um, and I thought at the very least here, he would start the year in the bullpen to kind of get back on track, maybe do a couple multi uh multi-inning outings um to get some the pitch count under his belt to to gradually build up his strength um to be able to kind of be unleashed later in the year. Mm-hmm. Or you give him a back end spot where, yeah, he is maybe uh a, a spot start type of dude where he's doing the piggybacking with somebody else, um, like a Luis Heel. Um, because quite frankly, I know that there are concerns with Nestor Cortez and his workload, but like he threw 90-something innings last year. I'd rather have that person with a guaranteed rotation spot closer to the top than Luis Severino, who, look, and we could talk about spring training too. Are spring training stats gospel? Absolutely not, but spring training does serve a purpose for certain players. Luis Severino falls under the category of the player you kind of need to watch. Luis Severino's already been among the best pitchers in baseball. He was a, he was a top, what, Top three Cy Young finisher one year and then a top 10 another year in yeah, let me 2017. Look
1: it up. Yeah. Let me look it up.
0: For yeah. You. So he's already been there. He's already been at one point anointed the Yankees' next ace. This isn't like a situation where, oh, we're still trying to see how this plays out and we think he has the potential. Luis Severino's gotten there. Injuries have derailed what he's been able to do. Um, he's also kind of crumbled under pressure a multitude of times. Um, do we need to go through those? I don't really think so. He oh, forgot when the up? game
1: started. That's really the only one. You he forgot when the game started,
0: then he got rocked that game. Um, uh, he, he actually had gutsy performances in that 2019 ALCS against the Astros, but just wasn't enough uh, coming back with all of those, uh, all that rest additionally. Um, and it's injury after injury. Now it's soreness here. It's pain there. It's, a groin injury that looks like his leg fell off, but it's actually only a—it's only—it's actually only a grade one strain, so he's only out for two weeks. Um, it's shoulder soreness. It's surprise Tommy John surgery. It—the list goes on and on. So to add the pressure in of hey, you're going to be our number two starter on top of a guy who's struggled with injuries, on top of a guy who's struggled with the spotlight a little bit, and on top of this spring performance, which does it alarm me? I'm not freaking out, but I'm looking at the numbers and I'm saying, okay, well, Luis Severino's had a long time to rest. He's had ample time this offseason, a lot of a lot of time to sit back, go through his routine, get back on track, and here we are at spring training, three and two-thirds innings, seven earned runs, or, yes, yeah, seven earned runs, I think, five walks and one strikeout. Um, it, it's not good, man. Uh, the velocity, yes, there and then it's not there. The location is right into the barrel of the bats. Um, once again, this is not a this is not a Clark Schmidt situation where Clark Schmidt is still trying to find his MLB footing and make an impression. Luis Severino's impression has been made, his stature has been determined, and his ceiling has been reached. And now we're at back at square one, where it's not looking great right now. Am I? do I think it can turn around? Absolutely. Am I confident it will? Not really. Like I said, 18 regular season endings over three years um, and issues along the way, every issue that you could potentially imagine. I'm even shocked that he said he had soreness. I think like once again, this fucking team, no awareness at all. Why are you going to tell the media you're sore? You've had three injuries to different parts of your body over the last year shoulder, for uh elbow and groin. And you're going to say that you're still dealing with soreness and it's just going to create more. It's going to create more negative headlines. It's going to create more people questioning about your durability and your ability to achieve. I'm doing it right now. Your ability to achieve expectations as a potential number two starter. You've done it before, but now we're looking at a long layoff with a ton of injuries with is the, is the mental aspect there? I don't know. It feels like it's not, um, I'm not in the locker room. I'm not there with him every day, so I I, I do not know, and I'm, I'm happy to admit that. But um, just based on what you know with athletes and how you've seen certain people perform and deliver, just doesn't feel like it's all there to me. And now to think that you're going to get 150 innings out of this guy after getting 18 over the last three years, I don't know what the thought process is there unless they plan to use him as a starter in the beginning and then move him to the bullpen. But that seems like a backwards move. I don't know how you feel about this, but I, I think that this is a major miscalculation in the early going.
1: Yeah. Third place in the Cy Young voting in 2017, ninth place in 2018. And, and by the second half of 2018, he was already not looking like himself. He was throwing cement mixtures. Yeah. And, and I went to a Severino home start during the back end of 2018, where he got rocked by the Mets and not the good Mets. The, the Jose Batista homered off him. Like it, it was, it was one of the worst starts you'll ever see. It was like four and a third, like five homers or something. It was terrible. And, and so it's been since the first half of 2018 that he's really looked like this number two ace type. So I have all the hope in the world that Luis Severino can regain that edge. I'm not anti Luis yeah, yeah. Severino. And if he's healthy, he's in the At rotation. All. And he, he's getting the honors, right? And, and if he's healthy and if he can go 150 innings, he's a huge piece here. But you just can't ensure that he will be. And the Yankees did not build any additional depth. Now, Davey Garcia, throwing the ball harder than last year by four miles an hour. Looks great. Clark Schmidt had a great outing the other day. I tuned in for his worst inning. But in the first and the third, he was fantastic. Fastballs, dotting, breaking stuff, dipping. Luis Heel looks amazing this spring. Those are three guys who we haven't really mentioned who could take this rotation to the next level if they're going to be top prospects and they're going to dominate. All that being said, I still would have acquired somebody else, somebody who I know can give me major league innings without being a youngster or a rookie or someone coming off 50 innings last year because Luis Severino, and this sounds harsh, just isn't a guy. That's what I keep saying. He's not a guy and it's much better if you think about it that way. If you go, oh no, my number two starter has general soreness, then you'll be upset because he's coming off a bunch of injuries and you'll you'll roll your eyes and say, here we go again. But if you just read that and say, not a guy, never didn't think he was a guy, still not a guy, it may lower your ceiling for the season, but at least you won't be shocked when he comes down with bouts of general soreness or fatigue or things like that. And you're right. I don't know why he's telling, if it's not a big deal, I don't know why he's telling the media. If Josh Donaldson's not going to miss any time with his shoulder issue, why is he telling the media he has a sore shoulder? Here, definition of something I don't need to know is, I'm having pain, but it's not going to affect my production or my availability. Okay? Neato, gets That's that's my life injury report. I'm having pain, but I'm going to work. Yeah, my body hurts for sure, but it's not going to change the fact that I'm available, and it hasn't changed my play so far, and I'm hitting a lot of home runs. Great. You know. I I keep it okay neat Uh, especially if you're injury prone I just don't need to be hearing about like oh my body I mean it's horrible but I'm gonna play like okay great I don't (laughs) need to know that at all the Severino thing I mean the rush this week of he missed the bullpen session he missed this like he missed the start then he missed the bullpen session no wait he actually did show up and he looks pretty good and he feels great and he's still on track all of these things are great. I endorse giving Luis Severino a run in the rotation, but he's going to need a piggyback for the start of the season. And the sooner you accept that he's just not going to give you the amount of time that you think you deserve from him, the better, because it's just not going to happen. Now, let's talk about those final roster spots. This is like the very beginning of March Madness when you got the bid Steelers and you've got somebody wins the Ohio Valley Conference. And it's like, all right, now I guess we got to make room for them. I don't know why or how, but we got to kick. Sorry, Creighton, like we got to kick you out. Um, looks like the Yankees are going to have one or two bid thieves out of spring training this year. It is very difficult to assess who's going to lose their job and who's going to gain footing here because for some reason, so the Yankees have two options, right? Marlon Gonzalez and Manny Banuelos, both on non-roster invitee deals, not on the 40 man. If either of them makes the team, they're going to have to jettison somebody off the 40 man, which has been filled for a while. Uh, Zach Britton has been moved to the 60 day so is Domingo Herman he apparently t- doesn't even need to be there but he is there and great don't care why do sit quietly for a little while Marwin Gonzalez is apparently going to make this roster he's hitting 500 this spring and he provides versatility he's been playing back up first I understand why the Yankees want to shove this guy onto the roster that means someone's going to be losing a spot no protection yes could be Joeli Rodriguez, who, to be honest, I don't think needs to be in this bullpen. I'm going to be perfectly blunt with you. Uh, I saw the Yankees are carrying 14 to 15 to 16 pitchers this year on the 28-man opening day roster. So if you're carrying that many pitchers, I guess you're trying to go north with Joeli Rodriguez. But again, someone has to lose a roster spot. Is it going to be Joeli? Is it going to be Lucas Litke, who people apparently are expressing trade interest in? Uh, so he's probably not going to get DFA'd, but he could get traded before opening day. I would caution against that. But again, limited options here. Steven Ridings, who's currently injured. We were so happy the Yankees protected him a couple of months ago. Still hurt. Hasn't been able to get in full swing of things. Hurt himself in January, I believe. And so that's a guy the Yankees look at it right now and go, we have a lot of relief options. We're, we're going to protect this guy who can't pitch instead of Marwin Gonzalez? Uh, And then, you know, Estevan Floreal, Ron Marinaccio and JP Sears, who just got added to the 40 man. I don't think the Yankees are going to be like, you're off. Goodbye. But something's got to get done. And then there's Miguel Andujar. Those are really the only options. Marwin Gonzalez is making this roster and he might have made this roster even if he wasn't hitting 500. Spoiler alert. But he is hot, and he's playing multiple positions, short, second, and first. And he can play the outfield. Gleyber Torres got a run as the backup shortstop on Wednesday. Just sat and waited for a ground ball, checked his watch, stood there while it bounced towards him, threw to second, everybody's safe. He's not a shortstop, never has been, never will be. Marwin Gonzalez is going to be on this roster. Manny Banuelos, the percentage chance of him making the team is like 10% just because of this glut and this crunch. But the percentage of him making an impact this year has now risen spectacularly. Six shutout innings this spring, three of them against the Blue Jays playing their A lineup on Wednesday night. Seven Ks in six innings, I think. It's two hits overall. Um, Spectacular. Everything that he's never done at the big league level before. When he got called up by the Braves, when he got called up by the White Sox— that velo's down. The breaking stuff isn't breaking. He has never had a successful Major League stint. He's reinvented himself with the Fubon Guardians of the CPBL. He's also in the Mexican League. Watch him last night. throwing 94 with zip to the corners. Breakers getting everybody fooled. The Teoscar Hernandez strikeout. You know what I love? Any lefty can strike somebody out on a breaking ball in the dirt. He struck Teoscar Hernandez out on a breaking ball in a 3-2 count over the heart of the plate. Because he just had no idea it was coming. Didn't know what it would look like. Was shocked by the shape of the pitch. Awesome. That's not easy to do. Often those are hangers and they get banged. Manny looks amazing for him to make a comeback this year would be an incredible story. I just don't foresee it being on the opening day roster because two of those guys getting jettisoned feels like a lot to me.
0: Yeah, I think that's tough. And there's probably, I mean, I don't, I don't think Manny Benuelos is going to be like, no, I'm not accepting a, yeah. I'm not accepting an assignment to AAA because oh, no. I should be starting out. Or I should be starting elsewhere. Um, Maybe he's comfortable being back in New York, where it all started, and he's able to find his footing. Yeah, I think him contributing this year is certainly realistic and and could be valuable. Another another multi inning guy out of the bullpen, if that's the case, save save the preserve the starting rotation and the back end of the bullpen. It's it's exactly what this team needs. Um, as for Marwin, um, he's making the roster, whether you like it or not, um, and this is where spring training once again matters for a select few. Marwin Gonzalez. Um, the Yankees don't have a backup shortstop. I will not watch one inning of labor Torres as shortstop this year. If he comes into any game at shortstop or if I'm at a game and he comes into any game at shortstop, I'm leaving or turning off the television. It is the worst effort. It's the worst instinctual, uh, ability I've, I've seen at a single position as for any team that I've watched as much as I watched the Yankees. Um, the Yankee. this is the Yankees problem. They've had, to, they had to sign Marwin, Because you want to know why? Because they don't have a backup shortstop. Because they decided to trade Tyler Wade for whatever reason. We still don't understand that. We still haven't gotten reasoning for that. Um, And because uh, they aren't starting DJ LeMahieu. um, And DJ LeMahieu is primarily a starting second baseman. And yes, can play first and third base. But would you consider DJ LeMahieu your backup third baseman? Or your backup first baseman? I don't think you would uh marvin gonzalez has way more experience playing um uh playing as a versatile infielder so i think that that has more inherent value and then you add in his lefty bat which does have power which he's shown um over the years i know he had a rough last couple seasons um but you put a guy like that in a very good lineup such as the yankees you saw what he did in houston he was not one of the he was he was not one of the front-facing members of the houston astros but he raked because of the players around him um in the pitches that he was able to see um and if he's able to take any sort of advantage of that with the Yankees it's going to be a good relationship um but yeah you look at this roster and some of these guys have options though so i don't know there is a discrepancy with steven ridings because we thought last year he had options but apparently he doesn't i don't know what the deal is with there because he was signed and he wasn't um he wasn't like He wasn't part of the system.
1: Well, Um, so the the issue stay or go away. The the issue there is you got to remove him from the forty man though. So when you do that, you're opening him up to waiver claims from everybody. Yes, I I believe you can send him down, but you're you're risking losing him. the The thing here that I would love clarified is that you know the Yankees obviously rushed to add a whole bunch of dudes to the forty man roster last fall. Because they needed to protect them from the Rule Five Draft, like Sears and like Marinaccio and Everson Pereira, who's like 20 years old, who's not going to sniff the major leagues this year. But you got to protect him. And then the Rule Five Draft never happened, so like the Yankees are now going to have to remove some of these guys who they want to keep on the 40-man. The obvious choice would be like Ron Marinaccio and JP Sears can wait, right? They can all hang out in the yeah. minor leagues. We don't need. To, we'd rather use Manny Benuelos. The Yankees should cry to the You want to cry about something? Don't cry about the 2017 Astros. Cry about having to put somebody on the 40 man a year too early because of a rule 5 draft that never happened that that major league baseball canceled. The Yankees didn't cancel it. MLB canceled yeah. it. And now suddenly the Yankees have to remove these guys and suffer a penalty when they could have just kept three open roster spots and and left these guys hanging out double A AA and triple A and then added them to the 40 man during the season. You know, now they're clogging up 40 man spots and they're protected for no good reason when MLB took the thing they needed to be protected from off the schedule. That's what they should be mad about. Like it was smart to protect yeah. them. They had to, but now they actually yeah. didn't have to. So why do they suffer the same penalty? If they were removed from the 40 man, they should put in like a corollary. That's like this year and this year only. If you take these guys, you just added off the 40 man, nothing happens, but they won't do that because they're not helpful. Yeah. Nope. Of course not. Um, and
0: you look at these other guys who are taking up 40 man spots. I mean, Mikel Andujar has got to go. Um, he can't be here anymore. I I don't know why. I don't know what role he would be in. I don't know what you're planning to do with him or why it's taking this long, but that's one roster spot that could be cleared up easily there. Um, t- um, and I don't know how much longer – how much longer are we going to wait on Clark Schmidt and David Garcia? That's all I want to know. How much longer is the wait going to be? Um, what do we need to see before either of those guys have a role – in anything in the starting rotation or in the bullpen. Like, I don't, I feel like we're two years behind here with, based on these timetables. Um, And uh, it's, it's just, it's, it's totally hard to project, but like how much longer are you going to hang on to what ifs, what, 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 we don't know what these guys can do. How much longer are you just going to be like, Oh, we'll see what we can, we'll see what they can do next year or the year after. It's like the clock's ticking on some of these players and, use him or lose him, man. Like, I don't know what, I don't know what else here is makes sense for the, the team to clear up spots. And then you have Tim LaCastro. Is he a 40 man guy? Is that the guy you're keeping? or Are you going to keep Ender Inciarte? I, I don't know what they're going to do. I'm, I'm sure it's probably going to be LaCastro, but also like, do you need Tim LaCastro? I don't know. Do you think they need him? I, I really don't know if Stanton's going to play some outfield and you have Gallo Hicks judge, um, and I guess not Brett Gardner. So yeah, I mean, I guess you probably do need a LaCastro to, to differentiate, to give somebody uh, more athleticism out there and more speed on the base path. So maybe he stays. I just don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what the plan is here. Um, And you look at the catching situation, like another worry because Kyle Higashioka is the starting catcher and Ben Bortfett's supposed to be the backup who's, injured but coming back Did he played the other day he was taking dry swings that's the last we heard yeah. Um, yeah is he gonna be ready is he gonna be ready to play do you keep him if he's not ready to play well i, I don't know i, I literally put don't him know him i don't on know on going
1: crazy yeah. but it sounds complicated put him on the sixth day let's <laughs> just pop yeah sixth day. uh carry isaiah Kiner as your backup catcher Higashio plays every day uh, yeah i don't know you're right the, if they sign brett garner it's a whole other level of 40 minute. Roster could they might do that. They really might do that. If they do that, Tim McCastro is gone. That's easy enough. Yeah, but as of now, McCastro stays. So I think you're going to be kicking off one of these dudes. I can't believe there's no role plays for this five shit. That's like day one shit. As as an angry boss would say, that's that's day one shit. Uh, (laughs) That's really easy to figure out. Uh, But apparently, Major League didn't care. That is it. We don't want you to feel bad about these guys. We want you to feel good. Good. Arwin's taking that role. Manuelos is taking that spot. He's dominating. We're not just trying to keep people onto this roster. They're taking those spots. I had somebody tell me, like, oh, if Marwin Gonzalez making a team. What does that say about the team? I don't know how you keep a veteran in the hitting 500 off your opening day roster, buddy. You want to talk about that? Good. He's terrible. Third we're, guy off the bench? This is the least – this is the thing you need to worry about. Worry, worry about your own backyard. How about that? The Red Sox look good. Now they look bad. Red Sox won't extend Rafael Devers. Yeah. Maybe, uh, obviously, a Red Sox fan said that stuff about more to me. And now, uh, yeah, just, just think about your own team. It's not so peachy keen over here in Boston. Uh, there's a reason you're a long shot division. You might do it, but there's a reason you're a long, long shot. Manny, special shout shot, Manny, by, by the way. It's been so long. Traded with the Braves. Um, hilarious trade after 14. He had Tommy John in 2013. Crossman shine off a little, a little bit there. They end up dumping him at what seemed like lowest possible value for David Carpenter and Jason Shreve. David Carpenter was the highlight of that trade. He was terrible that year, and it was his last whole year in Major League Baseball. Jason Tree was okay for the 80s for a while, and getting them Luke Boyd, partially, kind of, cool, interesting. Voice. But, man, he just fell off the face of the earth from there. I specifically remember he hit it back to majors with the White Sox in 2018, and the 2018 Red Sox just bludgeoned. Him. I think it was like eight earned runs in the third of an inning. I think it was like 10 nothing after the first. I remember with was with a, a Red Sox and Buddy Watching that game, it was the day of the Kentucky Derby when a cheating horse cheated and won the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. Uh, and so I remember that day very specifically, just checking my phone and be like, Not, it's eight, nothing, Red Sox. And it's been since, and anyway, who well, destroyed. So very sad, low, 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 low valley, but this is absolutely a peak. And of the Killer Bees with Potansis and Brackman, this is the All Star appearances four years in a row. Uh, huge. It's an amazing career that fell apart, but a, a complete success. And Dragon was like a 6'11 right here who was terrible. So you know, interesting that we had him, but no, not a steal. And then he could make, make it two out of three, which would be pretty cool. Any contribution to the Pinstripes is a bonus at this point. He's been very humble about his journey. We're very, very excited and hope that he makes the roster at some point. And again, we're going to be pitching depth in April. So if it's not day one, it might be day four. It'd be pretty quick. That is it for this episode of the Yankee Joe Yard podcast. You can make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Make sure to drop us on to five star reviews along with the mailback question. In that review, we'll address. We'll discuss. We'll do anything you want. And you can find us live on YouTube Mondays and Thursdays. Eastern time. That's Eastern time, not Pacific time. Two o'clock Pacific that the pod's gonna be up. So you can just go to your podcast app yeah. and, and listen to. it um, if you're operating Pacific time. Until next time, I'm Adam Weiner. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weiner. I'm Thomas Karenante. You can
0: find me at Tommy's underscore takes. Where I'm going to start some sort of conversation because Rob Refsnyder might make the Red Sox opening day roster. Did you see that? Absolutely
1: I saw that, and he's like, somebody had a hilarious tweet, somebody had a hilarious tweet yesterday where they were like, "Wonder if stats are going to factor into the red roster mix." Shaw 0 for 17 with seven K. Rob Ref four for 20 with nine K's. And I left tweet being like, wow, those people have both sucked. And then apparently the takeaway I was supposed to have from that tweet was that Rob Snyder's going to make the team instead of Trav Shaw, which I like, all then. But like, those numbers seem terrible. Whatever. Best luck to you.
0: Yeah. Very weird. So there's that to deal with. Maybe we're going against Rob Ref Snyder opening day weekend. Holy shit. But in the meantime, head on over to yankscoyard.com. Plenty of content there for you. Um, Bylines are there. We got a uh, fan-sided 15-year anniversary. We got catered uh, content to that, uh, which is tomorrow. Um, Also, talk to us on the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account, at Yanks Go Yard FS. We'll be there. We're going to be there all weekend. We're going to be there next week, and we're going to be there for opening weekend. So it's going to be a great time to talk to fans, add into the discourse, have some fun. Um, And until then, folks, last weekend, you can enjoy – before the stress sets in, before you're tuned into Yankees baseball, watching every inning, every pitch, yelling at the TV, throwing lamps, whatever you do when you're watching the games, enjoy this last final weekend without baseball, and we'll talk to you next on Monday.
1: This will be your final weekend without baseball, unless you don't have Adam Prime, in which case you're missing 21 Yankee games year For some reason, yes. Good yes. luck to you all. Well, more than listen to the podcast, which is free and not on Amazon Prime. See you on Monday. <laughs>